Hello, I'm Jay Goodwin, and you're listening to Pay It Forward. Today on Pay It Forward, we have Gavin Gidry. So Gavin is an associate creative director at Havas, the Annex in Atlanta, where he leads a team of creatives to produce content on social platforms for brands like Sprite and Fanta. Outside of the office, he works with a variety of other brands and publications, doing photography, videography, production, and I'm sure I'm leaving other stuff out. But (laughs) Gavin has started out as a content creator focused on streetwear. He's worked for, you know, a boutique called Wish Atlanta before contributing at places like Hypebeast, Complex, and Nike. You might have heard of those. Um, Gavin has written a lot about hyper-creativity, and he has a passion for community relevance in his work. So, Gavin, thank you so much uh, for taking the time today. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Great intro. Great intro, <laughs> yeah, by the way. <laughs> solid intro. Yeah, definitely. Like for sure. <laughs> um, well, we met uh, last year pre-COVID. Yeah. I think it was right before Halloween um, at a an game right. event. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was like a really brief encounter, but I mean, I, I definitely, as soon as I sort of thought to to do this, I was like running through my head of people. I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta see if he'll do it. Um, <laughs> Nice man, yeah, yeah. That was that was the first and last AMA event I went to. I need to, <laughs> I need to like come back in some sort of way. I believe I, I, I really, I believe in stuff like that. You know, like getting yeah. getting together, networking. Obviously, I met you there, mm-hmm. so you know, I, I need to get back out there. But you know, it, it'll come. Yeah, when everything starts back up, I guess. Um, yeah. Right? So first <laughs> up, uh, a little bit about you. So where are you from? Um, so I always say I'm basically from here, <laughs> meaning basically from Atlanta. Uh-huh. Um, but really I- I'm originally from LA. My whole family's from LA. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, when I was, when I was a kid, uh, my parents moved from LA to New York. So we moved to New York. Um, and then when I was about 10 or so, we moved, uh, to good old Roswell, Georgia. Um, <laughs> and I was there, did, a did uh, middle school and high school uh, in, in, in Roswell and then have been like actually ITP ever since mm. went to Georgia state and all that. So I, I say I'm basically, I say I'm basically from here because yeah, well, that's a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. What did, uh, what did your parents do um, to prompt the move from LA to New York to Roswell? Yeah. So, I mean, and it, it kind of plays into a little bit of my story of, of marketing, I guess. But uh, my, my dad was um, a, a VP at Columbia Records uh, in the 90s. So that, that, was, his, that was his career. Um, he started, you know, he's born and raised in L.A., uh, so is my mom. Um, so, uh, you know, he, he got his start in the, in the music industry, um, sort of like uh, running, running records to different uh, clubs and things like that in L.A., um, got a job at Sony, um, and then he got sort of the big promotion uh, to move to New York and and head up sort of like urban music um, marketing. Um, so you know he got the big promotion to New York. So yeah. we 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 left all of our family. Like both sides of my family are from LA. So you know we left everybody uh, to go out to go out to New York. Um, but but yeah. So you know it's it's definitely the marketing um, and and the music you know, are two, two big things yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that move us around the world. 
Yeah, fair enough. No, that's uh, yeah, that's a hell of a promotion. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it's a good one. It's a good. That's a that's a heavy one for sure. Yeah, um, we'll definitely come back to sort of um, parents, but I wanted to go ahead and jump into um, something that I know you've written a lot about, something that um, you're very passionate about, and that's hyper creativity. Um, yeah. So, can you sort of walk me through, you know, what the concept is to you, um, and how you sort of uh, how you sort of came around to it? Yeah, so, um, you know, basically, um, you know, my, my way of sort of, uh, you know, my coming of age, as I guess I could say, in, 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 in this, you know, creative industry, um, really came, a, came about through uh, community and, and, and friends and um, just, just making things because uh, it, it's just, it's sort of just like a natural byproduct of, of my, of my being, you know what I mean? So as, as early as I can remember, I've always been, you know, you know, making things and, you know, as, as you start to, um, create sort of, you know, your friend circle and things like that, um, you, you sort of start to grow, you know, just grow more in that. Um, and so one, one thing I learned is just, um, how the sort of like community that I had been able to surround myself with and, and fellowship with and learn from, like these were, you know, these were just some of the most creative people that I'd ever seen, you know, like, like we, like, you know, we will, we create some of the best, uh, you know, images, videos, um, just that I'd ever seen just like hanging out, you know, at at the house, just like, you know, or, you know, walking around and, you know, taking some pictures, you know, whatever, I feel like that, is, is a big way that I gained a lot of experience and, you know, uh, improve my craft and, and things like that. So I just, I just started noticing, you know, so, you know, some of my friends, um, like, like, you know, they, everything they did was creative, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like everything, like, um, you know, just, just, it was, it was laced into, you know, sort of every, every part of uh, their being. Um, and so I, w- I was like, there has to be like a, has to be a term for this because, you know, I have, I have other, I, you know, I have other friends that I know from, you know, whether that be growing up or, you know, uh, school or, you know, whatever. And, you know, they're not necessarily that, that way, you know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's, it seems something very unique. It seems like something of the times also mm-hmm. something that, you know, is, is enhanced by, you know, just, just this time of, uh, you know, I, I feel that we live in a hyper creative society, even, you know, that mm-hmm. that is just, um, you know, we, we have content creation tools at you know, the at our fingertips at all times. Mm-hmm. And uh, some some people have really just um, sort of like oozed that creativity. So, um, you know, I didn't coin the term hyper creative, you know, I kind of you know, I kind of thought, you know, thought it up, but, you know, people had started to put language behind it before more as like a, a personality type yeah. or, a, or even a personality uh, disorder, <laughs> I would say, you know, like, uh, you know, akin, akin to uh, hyperactive or, mm-hmm. um, you know, hypersensitive or different things like that. You know, hypercreative people, they're these, you know, basically ADHD type people who can't, you know, they come up with too many ideas. They do uh, this and that. And I come from a place where I've, I saw it as nothing, nothing less than a complete gift and skill. Mm. And, and, you know, just like, like people should aim to want to be hyper creative, you know, it's like, uh, like who, like who wouldn't want to be a photographer slash videographer slash, 
slash 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 you know what i mean and and growing up i always got a lot of credit for people being like oh you're a jack of all trades you're a renaissance man you're this Mm -hmm. you're that um and you know i so i i sort of you know grew up that way surrounded with my uh surrounded myself with a lot of people like that and um and yeah so you know i i started to try to um you know brand it a little bit put a little bit more you know uh verbiage around that as a way to really just like um, and, you know, empower, um, and, you know, educate people who, you know, there's a lot of people, uh, like me who are at agencies who, you know, their hyper creativity has maybe gotten them into a place where they have too many ideas and no one's listening to them or, um, you know, which is, which is something that I've, I've felt in the past Mm -hmm. or, you know, people might, you know, uh, people, you know, I, I think there's, there's people who, are you know these hyper creative people? You know they they have so they have so many um, you know interests and they're good at so many different things yeah. and um, and you know they're they're so, um, so useful for this society that we're in nowadays and you know they're choosing to sit on it because mm. you know there's nothing that is 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 correctly utilizing that you know what I mean there's there's not enough places for the, for the slash type creative. Um, and so I, so I'm really big on empowering, like one, identifying that so people know, okay, this is a thing mm-hmm. Two, um, uh, you know, encouraging it, um, which leads to sort of like empowering that, empowering that attitude, empowering that mentality. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, what, what I'm trying to move on to next is really creating tools for people uh, like that. So mm-hmm. for, for hyper-creative people who, you know, can't find a home in, in one sort of creative endeavor or creative uh, lane, um, like what are, what are tools we can create? Because these are the people who are going to create the solutions that we need in, in this sort of hyper-creative society. So. Yeah, no, that's, um, yeah. That, that's one hell of an overview. Um, you, you, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little long answer, but you know, <laughs> no, 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 no long, answers, long answers are good. Do not apologize for that. What I was going to say though, is the reason I said that was because you touched on a lot of things that I was going to maybe probe on later. Like, um, yeah. one thing I was thinking through as I was sort of looking at some of the things you've written was, um, for the people who, um, have been characterized as what you would call hyper creative by other people or the people who feel like they might be hyper creative. Like I I felt like, and I'm speaking for myself a little bit here, but you know, at a certain point um, you have this tendency to want so much perfection that you're scared to put anything out. And you mentioned that because you said people are good at many things, many things, but they choose to sit on it. And I felt like that a lot, you know, and um, I was going to ask like, so for someone who um, fits the bill, you would consider them hyper creative. They've got slashes. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, what, what would be some of your advice or, or how have you found um, ways to sort of push yourself beyond, um, you know, almost just being afraid to put stuff out? Man, I mean, shoot, bro. Like, if I had the answer, <laughs> I've <laughs> shoot. I would have. I would have started so many companies by now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's interesting. I you know I just got um, so one one thing I've been doing with I, I've I've been trying to do a little bit of bl- uh, blogging or, around this concept. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, one thing I've been doing is talking to uh, you know some friends and, and acquaintances. And I, I talked to my uh, friend Amanda Sabria 
who is just a, an amazing creative. Um, she's like, at the same time, uh, one of the smartest people I know, but also one of the most creative people I know. Mm. Um, and she has, uh, you know, I met her um, working with Sprite years ago. Um, you know, she founded one of their big programs um, and has since gone on to uh, found, you know, numerous, um, numerous, uh, companies, yeah. which, um, you know, some, you know, some have, you know, some have, some don't exist anymore, you know, and, and some are still going really strong, but, you know, I just wanted to talk to her because she's like, you know, all of her, all of these companies she creates, they're like so creative and so, uh, and really dope. And things I'm like, damn, like, I wish I could have come up with something like this. You know what yeah. I mean? But she has done the work to like, you know, just really like, you know, get out of her own way and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of, and some advice that she gave me um, and that I was able to actually put in that article is that, um, you know, you have to like, are you an artist or are you an entrepreneur? That was one thing that she said that was really, uh, you know, salient to me. And like, you know, she brought up the, um, she, she brought up the example of uh, Steve Jobs and, and uh, Wozniak and, mm-hmm. and like, are you Steve Jobs or are you Wozniak? And like, if you're Steve Jobs, like, don't try to be out here dolo, <laughs> like doing your own thing and you're Steve Jobs and you need somebody and you need a Woz who can, mm-hmm. who can, who can bring your ideas to life, you know? Yeah. So, so that was, so that's one thing and, and something that I also just believe in very heavily, which is, which is community. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I have, I have surrounded myself with, with people who I can tell my ideas to, and they will not only help to make it better, but they will hold me accountable (laughs) for, for like, Hey, I believe in this thing that you're doing and like, let's do it. Like, I'm not going to let you off the hook. Like people need this. So like, so let's get it. So like, I'm, you know, I'm going to help you and then you're going to help me vice vice versa. You know what I mean? So Mm. just creating those sort of, um, community circles where you can have like, um, you know, continuous, um, you know, conversation and, and community with people who can help you know, sort of bring your ideas to life. That, that, that'll, that'll help with the whole perfection. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, um, in a piece, um, in 2019, um, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, but you broke down all the sort of extra connotations that come along with hyper. I think earlier you said hypersensitive, hyperactive, yeah, yeah. All, all the, all the negative <laughs> yeah. things that go along with that. Um, and then you talk about, you know, shifting the word hyper creative from an adjective to a noun. So that it's not a description. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, an act. It's part of who you are. Yeah. So I want to pose this to you. That 2019 article was called hyper creative, the noun. Um, okay. Actually, <laughs> earlier in 2016, you wrote a piece called Are You a Hyper Creative? So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you what happened in those three years and sort of like how, how did your, um, maybe how you thought of the word, how you thought of yourself change from, you know, are you a hyper creative to like, th- no, yeah. I'm going to redefine it. Like, no, this is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, so I mean, 2016 is, is really when I started like kicking the idea around in my, in my head around hyper creativity. Um, I bought a book um, 
that the, it was the only thing in 2016 that I could find around hyper creativity, like the only thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started it ba- basically based. So like the, um, are you a hyper creative? I kind of started that based off of my own musings and mm-hmm. some of the things from that book. Um, and then between 2016 and 2019, when I sort of picked everything back up, um, I, um, honestly not a ton changed (laughs) to to be completely honest um well not a ton changed in just like my grasping of that concept but um from you know from 2016 to 2019 was just a lot of maturation in myself as both an adult and just like a creative Hmm. um and so I had had sort of like let um, this concept go by the wayside and really focused on, you know, just my day-to-day work, which is great. You know, I got promoted a few times. I, um, you know, put out some really great work on behalf of my clients and my agency, mm-hmm. but I had, I had let those, uh, I had let those things that really excited me like hyper creativity and, you know, like I commend you for doing this podcast because that was one of the things, like I only wrote that first blog because I was like, okay, I know how I want to do this podcast. I can't do it right now. So I'm just going to start blogging on it so Mm. I can just have something. I want to start branding this. So at least, you know, I can start getting that concept out there. Um, and you know, I, I sort of dropped it, you know, and, um, in 2019, when I wrote hyper creative, the noun, I had gotten to a place where I looked, I had looked back on the last couple of years and had seen some really great, uh, you know, work for, for brands and, and things like that. But I didn't see the things in me that I wanted to put out. Um, those things that make me a, you know, a hyper creative, the things that drive me. Um, I, I, I hadn't put any of that stuff out. So um, I think hyper creative the noun to me was sort of picking that concept back up mm-hmm. and having having power in that and you yeah. know sort of like having power in that that concept and um, you know and and really sort of trying to um, you know encourage myself again you know what I mean because yeah. I think again you know hyper creatives uh, you know we um, you know there, there's a lot going on there you know what I mean and if, <laughs> yeah. and if we and if and if we say no to it or we say no to some of it because I have to be an adult or I have to do this, or I have to do that, we're being less of ourselves, you know? We're being mm-hmm. less of our true selves, being less of our true identity. And uh so hypercreative the noun, I was like, look, hypercreative, it's a noun, it's a person, we are dope, it is a good thing, like let's get it. <laughs> so yeah, I would say that those were the things that changed. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um so earlier uh you told me your dad was, you know, VP, um, Columbia Records, the big move, all of this stuff. So um, this might be a little bit of a weird question, but, you know, do you think that um, growing up, your parents uh, played a big role in uh, you sort of identifying, uh, you know, in the early stages, what hyper creativity mm. was or seeing it in other people? Mm. Yeah, well, I, you know, shout out to shout out to my parents. <laughs> um, you know, they're they're uh, great. Uh, you know, they uh, they're very like empowering. You know, mm-hmm. like um, and so uh, yeah, I would say that you know my parents played a huge role in just it just encouraging me. Like I I have three other siblings, 
And, um, you know, I, w- I would say that, you know, I was um, like very good kid, like well-mannered, but, you know, I was a little bit of a live wire. Um, and my mom loves to tell stories about that, you know, <laughs> tell stories to my wife or to my friends about how crazy I used to be and all this stuff. Um, but, you know, I just remember wanting to get my, you know, my hands on everything and, you know, make stuff and draw and invent. Like I used mm. to think that I was going to be an inventor. And I remember making all these like weird, like contraptions around the house. And I think some parents could get, you know, kind of pissed about that. But my parents were great at encouraging it. Mm. Um, and so, so yeah, you know, for, from a very early age, you know what I mean? Just like making sure I was in the art classes and, and encouraging that and, um, you know, uh, taking me to different like art fairs that, you know, I had gotten into and I used, I was big into poetry and my mom helped me get, um, some poetry published, uh, when I was like nine or oh, something amazing. like that. Um, yeah. And then, you know, my, my dad, like, I remember my dad, I, I was like, I was little, like, this is one of like my earliest memories. Like I had to be like four or five or something. And I drew, I had drawn this picture of birds and I like was stoked on it. I was like, so stoked. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever made. I show it to my dad and he's like, Oh, this is cool. He's like, this is cool. You could do better. And I remember being like, what? Like, this is the best thing I've ever made. Yeah. Like, he was like, but I remember at that early age, like literally f- like four, I moved out of that house when I was like, when I was five. So I had to either be four or five. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, you can do better. Like you can do better than that. And I was just like, dang, okay. <laughs> um, but but he, 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 he always just sort of, sort of pushed me that way. And he went on to do a lot of his own, um, things in, in music. Um, mm. and he would from, you know, me being, uh, 11 and 12, like I, you know, he would have me draw all of his logos and do all of his, like, you know, it, like he had me do all of his, all of his stuff. Like when MySpace was big, he noticed I could, I knew how to hack MySpace pages and, you know, t- change the background color, add images, do all this stuff. And yeah. so he had me do all of the MySpace pages for his artists and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So yeah. he, he was, he was really good at giving me briefs from like when I was like 11 years old. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he, he gave me the first Photoshop. Uh, like he, you know, he had somebody put it on his, uh, he was at the studio. He had somebody put like a cracked version of it on his, on his, on his computer. And so like, it didn't even have like, and he brought it home. He was like, here's Photoshop son. And I was like, so stoked yeah and like i you know i was playing around on it i looked up i was like i printed out all these tutorials like when you used to print stuff i like printed out all these tutorials and i was like i'm gonna learn photoshop and um like it didn't even have all the filters like i couldn't even do all the tutorials because all the filters weren't on there because it was this bootleg version yeah but, like he, he was like you know so the one just sort of like you know you know bigging me up and and sort of you know, putting me out there and giving me. So I, you know, I felt like by the time I got my first like quote unquote job doing anything creative, uh, I had, I already knew how to answer a brief. I already Mm -hmm. knew how to like do all of this stuff and react to feedback and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, they were very pivotal and sort of like crafting this whole, uh, hyper creative (laughs) thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. It sounds like, uh, they really, um, one supported you, but also, you know, pushed you, gave you things to do, made sure that, uh, um, you're into whatever you're into. Like, it sounds like they, they yeah. <laughs> a lot to sort of enable your hobbies, even at a young age. So exactly. um, 
today, what are, uh, you know, your avenues of hyper creation? Like, uh, what, do you, what do you do in your spare time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, also, sorry, one, one thing I want to say, just to that last point, just in case that this, this is able to help someone. Um, another thing, very practical thing my dad did that really leads well to the hyper creativity is um, <clears throat> when I was, uh, I got really heavily into, into graphic design um in high school and i told my dad i wanted to go to school for graphic design um and he said yeah that's cool however um but he you know he knew i wanted to do the whole kind of marketing and advertising i kind of wanted to do the marketing thing after him but then was also kind of like oh well what about this graphic design and he said yeah you can do graphic design but why can't you just get a job in graphic design get get experience in graphic design and go to school for marketing that way you have both mm. and that was literally the best that was like the best uh advice i could have gotten because i first semester went to the student center like knocked on every door at georgia state see who was hiring graphic designers um and got a graphic design job and i that was my first real like sort of like salary you know whatever for yeah. being a, a create a creative person and i was like i can't believe they're going to pay me for this to like play around on indesign and illustrator um and but i was able to take my marketing classes at the same time and I, that's been my literally been my career trajectory since creative stuff on the side and you know taking care of business <laughs> during, yeah. during the day yeah. so that you know so that that was a that was a big thing there for sure um Sorry, but to go back to your uh, to the question that you actually asked um, <laughs> no, around, <laughs> around current <laughs> hyper creative uh, avenues, yeah, man. I mean, I think it's just um, like uh, I think it's just every time I I pick up a new thing or a new role, mm -hmm. I just don't forget about the things that sort of brought me there. So um, you know, because I really think and. Um, you know, I, you know, I think being creative is, is a part of who we are. It's a part of our, our, our identity. So if you forget about ways you used to create, I feel like you forget about a piece of yourself. So, um, and I've, I've had really trying moments, um, in my career, you know, where I had to figure that out the hard way, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, um, just, you know, starting out as a content creator, um, and then moving into sort of like the social media space and then getting into blogging and, um, uh, and just sort of the more, uh, marketing side of things. Um, and then getting into agencies and, uh, you know, figuring out the difference between a strategist and a, and a copywriter and a creative and an art director and a creative director. Um, and then, you know, and then, you know, being all, so, you know, I was able to work from a content creator to uh, an art director, um, to senior art director, to a uh, creative director, or, you know, associate creative director, but, you know, yeah. basically just creative director. Um, now, you know, uh, on a nine to five, I don't make a lot with my hands uh, as much as I used to. Um, with my own hands, you know, it's, it's uh, I, I do a lot of, um, the way my, uh, my ECD puts it is, uh, you do a lot of editing, <laughs> like mm -hmm. being the higher up you get in, in the creative, uh, creative hierarchy, the less, uh, you know, actual creative directing you do. And the more editing you do mm -hmm. of, of other, of other people's work, you set, you set a, 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 a direction 
and then you edit from there for, for your team. Um, so I think that, you know, my hyper creative avenues now are just making sure that I'm still doing all of those things that got me here. I'm still taking photos, still editing photos, still shooting videos, you know, still writing, um, you know, still just, uh, keep keeping that, you know, hyper creative, um, you know, community going. Um, and then, you know, if I write something down, like I have a list over here of all of the different things that I want to do just like outside of work. Um, and you know, I've written 2020 by some of them. So I'm making sure, you know, I have like my little home office that I'm in right now. So I'm making sure that, you know, in the morning or after work, I can come in here and be creative, uh, you know, to, to some of those, uh, in some of those avenues. So yeah, I, th I think those are the, the ways that I've, sort yeah. of kept the hyper creativity going yeah I, and i love the uh putting the year by the the idea too yeah <laughs> give, it, give it a little bit of urgency um yeah exactly you uh you kind of alluded to this already um but you mentioned you know going from content creator to social to agencies and, and learning that life and um to where you are now so can you talk me through um some of those specific roles and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um you know what prompted your move from each to the next? Yeah, 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 for sure. So, um, I mean, the, the first thing I ever did was um, when, when it comes to quote unquote uh, content creation was um, like taking fa like family videos. I took the mantle over from my dad because uh, I just love taking videos. Mm -hmm. And then, um, uh, and then, you know, from there, I had gotten, I had started getting into graphic design a little bit, um, but just being on the computer basically got me <laughs> into taking those videos and making DVDs out of them and selling them to my family members. Yeah. Um, so, so that was like my foray into like content creation. <laughs> um, and then the more I got into graphic design, actually, the more I got into photography because there's a lot of things that I needed to take photos for. Um, and things like that. So yeah, so being a content creator was was first. Um, uh, but then, <clears throat> you know, actually wanting to get to get a job, the most actionable thing is it's not easy to get a job as a photographer or a videographer as you know, a high school student. So I just did a lot of uh, graphic design because they're like, hey, I can make you a logo, I can make you a business card or blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So that that brought me to, you know, going into college, I was like, you know, I'm going to get this job. Um, you know, being a, being a graphic designer, uh, whatever. And then, um, you know, it, it was, it was, so, it was awesome. It was like such a cool experience. Like I was saying before, like the fact that somebody was going to pay me to be on the creative software that I would be on anyways was, was, was wild. Um, <laughs> but amazing. then I started, it's amazing. It's incredible. Um, but then, you know, I started sort of, uh, <laughs> I, I started to learn what, uh, it, it was really like to, um, be uh like really low on the 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 totem pole when it came to like uh your voice being heard so where i was <laughs> so like you know if, obviously there's graphic designers who like you know they're they're the boss you know they tell their client what's up they're gonna do mm -hmm. blah 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 but you know i was like uh 18 and like you know wearing a little student center polo and like <laughs> they were they were telling me to make it pop and i was like 
you have no idea. You don't even know what that means. Yeah. I know you don't know what that means. <laughs> make it pop. Um, and, and it's so funny because I like now make it pop is such like a, like that's the whole, like people look at that as like, oh, haha, that means you don't know what you're talking about. But mm. literally somebody told me make it pop. And I remember like my, I was viscerally disgusted that, that they had just told me to, to, to make it pop. Cause I knew that they didn't even know, like that doesn't even apply for, for this. Out of all the adjectives you could give me, pop is not one of yeah. the things that can even go on here. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, and you know, I had, I had like part of like what had gotten me there is like, you know, run, like I was running, uh, you know, Facebook pages for my friends who were rappers and I was like running their newsletters and mm. like running their Instagrams and like, you know, do, doing all that stuff and like creating album art for them and then sending that stuff out. So I was like, yeah, I mean, I need to leave. I got to get out of here. Yeah. Um, and so I, so, so, you know, I went from, so I started looking at social media jobs because I'm like, okay, if I'm doing social media, I have a little bit more ownership of like my creativity. Like yeah. I can say, okay, you know, we're going, this is, this is what we're going to put out and, you know, you know, we'll go and, and do that. So I started looking for social media jobs. Um, it, and uh, I, it's crazy. I found a, uh, a a role like literally on like Panther Career Net. For some reason, Wish had put the this job listing on uh, the Georgia State Career Net, which is a is a weird move. Knowing Wish, like if if you know Wish, it's like you know just a very cool like streetwear store. Like you wouldn't think that they're trying to like poach kids from Georgia <laughs> State <laughs> to like do their social media or whatever. Um, so, so yeah, so, you know, I, I got the job uh, doing that. So then I had a little bit more ownership, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then, um, you know, I like, as, as time went on, I was there for two years, you know, I, I'd seen, um, and, and you know, th this was like a, a real job because even though they posted it on Georgia state, like they didn't really care that I was a college student in a, in a good way. You know, mm -hmm. I had, I had like very close to a full-time schedule, yeah. um, you know, and it was, uh, and so, yeah, you know, I felt, for like two years, like while all of my friends were in school and they were, you know, working retail jobs or whatever, while they were, you know, in school, I felt like I was already starting my career. And I had, I had really already started my career being at Wish. Um, but, you know, so a lot of them, uh, you know, graduated and then they got jobs at the big four or because, you know, I remember I was in marketing, so I was in school with like accounting kids and finance kids and mm -hmm. management kids. So people were getting like jobs at McKinsey and jobs at, um, you know, PwC and Deloitte and like all these things. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm in the basement of Wish, <laughs> plug, <laughs> plug, plugging away, taking photos of these shoes. And yes, are these are these photos getting on Hypebeast and like all these cool, like, am I, you know, am I getting to do some really dope stuff? Yes. Um, but like, you know, I, I feel like I need to, you know, hit, just hit, so, you know, the next yeah. pl like place in my career, whatever that is. Um, and, you know, and it's at that time I'd, I started sending off things to uh, agencies, but I had no idea, dude, like no idea. I was like, I figured I was like the sort of like the in-house agency for Wish anyway. So I was like, I should just go work it'll at an agency. Same. Yeah, yeah this, it'll be the exact same. So I was like, let me hit up some of these agencies. Like, bro, do they know? Like, my See what they got going on. <laughs> yeah. And like, so I was like, yo, I was so stupid. I was hitting up like Widening Kennedy and like BBDO. And like Hell all yeah. these like, all like the <laughs> biggest agencies. I was like, oh, they work with Nike? Okay, bet. All right, I'm gonna go to them. Like, and like went to all these different like, 
huge agencies and was like emailing them and you know got like I, you know like no response because that's, that's not how you get hired at an agency yeah. um but i didn't know that um so so i i actually got very close to taking a, a job uh, moving to new york and taking a job with hype beast um but then after seeking some counsel and just knowing that you know i like yeah i had a girlfriend i wanted to uh you know proposed to at, at some point and like all of these things like um yeah you know I maybe I should maybe I shouldn't go move and do this whole like cool like go move to New York thing um and you know somebody gave me somebody was like hey you know I you know I, I know you're really torn up about this you should speak to my mentor um you know he works at this advertising agency uh, but what they didn't tell me was that their mentor was Glenn Jackson who owned Jackson Spaulding um uh, yeah that's a hell of a mentor is, which is a yeah right <laughs> which is a which is a an agency slash like pr firm here in atlanta um and so that's how i sort of got into um the the whole agency thing um but um and sorry i'll, I'll run through this quick because i feel like i already took up a lot of time on this answer anyways <laughs> but, um, but 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 um so, you know, b being at an agency and my whole thing is like, I shoot videos, I take photos, I like, I like to come up with these like big campaigns in my head and then like that are way too ambitious for me, but I'm going to really try to pull them off because that's all I ever did up until that point. Um, and like at agencies, especially more traditional ones, they have no idea what to do with that. Little to no idea what to do with somebody like that, with a hyper creative person like that. Mm -hmm. Like I would literally like write, and I didn't even really know how to write briefs yet at that point. Um, but like I got, you know, I got the job. They they said they were starting a, a digital practice at the at the firm. So I'm like, oh, dope, because I want to shoot video series, da da da. And it, you know, it was just, it was nothing like that. It was yeah. nothing like that. And I was like, yo, I, I see these clients. I have all of these ideas. Like I, I was like writing up briefs. People would literally not even read them. Like they weren't, they wouldn't even like, give, they wouldn't give me the time of, the, the time of day. Um, so, so I sort of um, ended up like there for a year, kind of like getting by how I could like design, like just trying to be billable, just like, yeah. okay, well, you know, I need to just get billable hours. So I'm going to do graphic design here, or I'll do some, like, I got like Google analytics certified during that time, which was actually pretty useful. Um, but you know, it was just a weird time. Like I didn't really know what I was doing. Well, it um, sounds at, like at they didn't really know, you know, what no, they expected they... <laughs> from me. I mean, yeah, You're I mean, briefs, they, nobody's they reading did them. it, man. Yeah, well, 100%. I'm sure you've run into this too. But it's like, you know, the things things don't stay the same way forever. But like, so so like, you need to be able to adapt with the times. And I feel like that wasn't that that just wasn't a fit for me, because they they didn't they didn't know what to, to do with me, basically. Yeah. So I ended up I ended up being there for a year. Uh, it was it was an internship, actually. And after a year, usually you get brought on, but they were like, hey, this isn't necessarily working. If you want to be a graphic designer, you can stay on. But if not, like, you know, we're going to have to like, you know, we, we can't yeah. we can't continue doing this. And I was like, well, I don't want to be a graphic designer. I came from that so that I can, you know, do all of these different things. Um, so, yeah, I left there and, you know, it was a tough time, but I ended up freelancing a lot. Um and sort of like learning and and the free the freelancing like helped me know what I was good at and what I could sell to an agency. So I learned that my whole thing was like I can make pretty good content, but better than that, I can uh, sell a story around it. I can put a narrative around it um, and make it make sense for you. 
Um, so I actually ended up um, winning some clients that way. Um, one of the, and one of the clients that I won, um, I actually, uh, it was, it was for an agency called BFG here in Atlanta and they, um, uh, you know, they brought me on for this freelance project and the client was so happy with it that they ended up bringing me on full time. Yeah. Um, because you know, I, I won them some work basically, like we ended up winning all of digital for that client based off of the work that I had done as a freelancer. So they brought me on and then I, I sort of played in that I'm a content creator who does art direction and strategy and creative direction also. But like, because I have no quote unquote experience in this industry, you, okay, cool. You guys are going to call me a content creator or a content producer, but I know that I'm like, you know, at that agency BFG, I went on to creative direct, um, like some pretty big like projects, like big documentary projects that took mm -hmm. us all over the country um, and, you know, win more business, win, win awards for that client. You know what I mean? Like the, that yeah. the CMO for that, for that client was winning awards off of the work that I, I was doing. And so, but, but my role was, was content, content creator. creator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's funny. Work. They use that as a catch-all. Yeah, they, exactly. <laughs> they use that as a catch-all for everything. So um some of that work I ended up doing got uh, the attention of this guy, Jason Peterson, who I had followed on Instagram for years, man, like years, uh, such a long time, just, just being uh, like big on Instagram. I, did, I had no idea he, had, he was in the agency world at all and um, got his attention. Um, and I, uh, he, so he was like, hey, do you want to get, uh, get lunch or whatever? And he was in Atlanta. And I, know, I knew he was from Chicago, but he was in Atlanta. Um, and so he's like, yeah, you know, we're building something here in Atlanta. Um, this was, this was 2016. Like we're, we're building something here in Atlanta. Um, you know, I think you'd be perfect for it. And, um, you know, I, I want you to start like, like immediately basically. Damn. Um, and so I was like, tight, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you. like this was the, yeah, this was the first job that I, I didn't have to like, you know, I didn't have to like, you know, apply, you know, apply for, or not apply for, but you know, I didn't have to like, uh, you know, do do all the like asking and things yeah like that. they came to you. um yeah and and like jay and coming from jason peterson i was just like this is insane yeah um but you know when i got the offer letter it was it was great you know it was, it was awesome however it still said content creator on here um and which which was tough because i was like at this point i would love to at least be you know so i want to be like an art director I, I had started to learn more of the lingo and what that those people did and enabled in an agency so i was like okay well i at least want to be an art director or something yeah. like i want to get to that creative director level and he basically was like look this is what i can do right now but like just like he basically he he put a lot of faith in me and that and that was like really important um and so i t i took that job uh within a year i was a i was a i was a like senior art director um basically been promoted i got to skip a lot of steps because I, I didn't have to be junior or mid uh level art director i went straight to senior and you know that's kind of frowned upon and jason did that with a lot of people um and it didn't get the best reaction, but you know, again, I felt like I had been doing those things yeah. up until that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah. And then, you know, that was, a, that was a few years ago. Um, and so now I'm, uh, uh, an, an ACD, but, um, yeah, you know, there's, there's big moments of just like, you know, progression and just like, um, do it's, it's really just about like doing the job before you actually have the title and the role. Um, 
to, to, to get to that next point. Like you should never be in a role and not know what the next role is that you're wanting to get. Mm. And you should never be doing the work for the role that you currently have. You should be doing the work for the next role. So like for me, that looks like um, it, it, it's more of a team, team leading. Like my step between ACD and just, you know, CD or, uh, you know, GCD group creative director is being able to like effectively lead a team to make great work. So um, even, even though, you know, an ACD is not, you know, I have a creative director and an executive creative director over me, but I'm still wanting to make sure that I'm leading that team well you know, handling interpersonal conflict, handling Mm -hmm. all, you know, these different things, because that's the next job uh, that I want. So that's a super long answer. I really hope you could edit it down because that was way too long. But you know, there, there's some nuggets in there somewhere. There's some nuggets in there somewhere. First of all, (laughs) that was an amazing answer because you did exactly what I asked. You you told me (laughs) about, you know, all the positions and sort of what was the the prompt for you to go and what did you take from it to the next job? I mean, that was an amazing, an amazing answer. So I'm glad it was a long (laughs) answer because that's, that's really why I'm doing this, man. Like, because, you know, there's, there's students out there, there's people who Mm -hmm. have just started and they might think that, you know, having, um, a job title that they don't necessarily want is like the end of the world and it's not. Oh, yeah. And so, Oh my you know, God. I, that, so that's why that answer is so amazing because just because your title is content creator, you know, you're doing the work of an art director and you're getting there and you're getting there. And you know, yeah, so, um, 100%. that's a perfect answer. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm that, you know, that's, that's why I'm really happy that you're, you're doing this podcast and very humbled to even be a part of it because yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of the the things that I, I went through could have been solved if I had someone who says, "Hey, man, I see what you have, I see what you possess, and this is what you should do with it. This is a route that you should take." You know, mm-hmm. so I think that you know, hopefully that that's that's what this is. You know, yeah. in this podcast, and, absolutely. Yeah, I want to jump over and talk about um, you know some other work, and so you know, one yeah, thing yeah. that really defines sort of your approach is an emphasis on community relevance over cultural relevance. Um, yeah. So I'm going to um, take a stab at sort of explaining what, what those words mean to me, and you tell me how wrong I am. Okay. So I <laughs> I'm think, sure you're going to be spot on. <laughs> well, I think looking at the words, you know, um, it seems like you know, communities are the ones making the culture. And therefore, you need to prioritize those people because they're the ones that develop the culture. They extend it, maintain it, they push it. You know, they are the basically the, the gatekeepers, the guardians of whatever culture it is you're trying to tap into. Um, so therefore, it would make more sense to, hey, let's actually, you know, put the relevance on the people, not the product. Is that, is that you know, kind of along the lines of uh, what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. See, I told you you were going to be right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so it's, it's, so yeah, so it's, it's pretty nuanced. So I think that there's like a community. So like, let's say like community, like big C community, right. Is like, okay. this just like broader community, like, uh, you know, the black community or the hip hop community or the blah, blah, blah community. And so to your answer, yes, you know, it's about like, there are gatekeepers within this community that you should be more, you know, in tune with and not necessarily worried about, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about attracting, 
you know, the people that the community looks up to, I need to do a better job of catering to that community. So that, so yes, there is that. But then I also think that there's sort of like the community, like the more, the more um, micro level, the more like little C community, which is just your community for your brand and knowing what that is. So um, if you, if you know your community well, uh, whether that's online or whether that's, you know, through experiential events and the people that show up to those events and things like that, you, you should really care about them and, uh, do a great job and they will bring you relevance. So that, I mean, that's, that's really my big thing with community relevance versus, uh, cultural relevance, because all of these agencies and brands, want cultural relevance Mm -hmm. they all want they all say hey freaking look at this dude uh you know like look at this dude over here he's got a million followers he's got blah 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 let's just go work with him and so i i i believe and through my experience is that that is (laughs) that is called that is culture vulturing i believe that that is culture chasing, I believe, you know, sorry, clout chasing now, I think people would say. Um, And I don't believe that that's any way to build, even if you do get a pop off of that, I don't think that that's a sustainable way to build up your brand. Um, So, so yeah, so that, you know, that's why I sort of focus on the whole um, community relevance versus cultural relevance. And I think um, kind of along to that point too, like there's, there's, um, I, I, well, I don't have any stats to back this up, but I would say increasing sort of skepticism of uh, influencers mm. in general. Yeah. And so just chasing whoever has the most followers, you know, with a particular sort of demo, seems like you could be chasing that forever and there's no guarantee that, you know, yep. this person is who they say they are. They're not going to, you know, get canceled yeah. a week from now. And, and then, then what? Um, exactly. So uh, I know that you've done some really sort of amazing work with uh, Sprite and churches. Um, so I wanted to, let's, uh, let's start with Sprite. Um, okay. So take me back to the beginning. Um, what was yeah. the brief? And then sort of, you know, what was the idea that came out of it? So is, is this more for like the, uh, the uh, Sprite way stuff? Yeah. So this is Sprite way. Okay. Sorry. Okay, cool. Yeah. No worries. Um, so, so Sprite is, is one of those uh, companies that they're like, they're, Sprite is like really cool, right? Like they're a cool brand. Like people are like, oh, Sprite, but um, it, but it's like, you never really think about like why, like they, there's like this SNL skit where they're doing black jeopardy and they're like, <laughs> Sprite, it brought to you by, by Sprite, the, the black soda. And they're like, why is it the black soda? We don't know. You know what I mean? Like, like nobody knows why it's a black soda, but like yeah. it, but it, but it is a black soda, you know? Um, so, so I've been work. so I was brought to Havas to work on Sprite. Um, and so, um, we, we've done a lot of really cool stuff with like Lil Yachty and, um, Vince Staples and uh, I mean, you know, LeBron always, um, but you know, more so like, you know, we, we, we did a lot, like a lot, like very heavily with like, you know, the, the, you know, little Yachty's of the world, the big baby drums of the world, Vince Staples, um, 
Vic Mensa, people like that. Yeah. Um, and so that I feel is, is you know, and, and that work was dope, man. You know, Cold Like a Sprite Soda, like everybody was singing that like little like jingle, you know, they parried it uh, on like Atlanta with a little Yoohoo thing. Um, you know, so like that, that was like a, that was a really big thing. Um, but what, you know, whenever we had, you know, sort of like, you know, these internal marketing meetings with the Sprite team, they would say like, yes, we are the, we are the leaders in this category. And like, it's not even close, dude. Like nobody is, nobody's going to touch Sprite in sales when it comes to like, you know, the, 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 uh, we call it like sparkling, you know, like lemon lime sparkling flavors, like Mm -hmm. Mountain Dew, you know, the Migo stuff is cute, but like, yeah, nobody's drinking, nobody's really drinking Mountain Dew like that, (laughs) you know, drinking like seven up or Fresca or, you know, whatever that is. Um, so, but, so, but their whole thing is like, you know, the numbers show that, you know, we're, we're losing relevance with the African American, the African American teen market. And if we, and we're still big in all these other markets, you know, white, uh, Hispanic, Asian, but, you know, we, we, we need to make sure, you know, we need to make sure that we are, you know, correctly catering to this, this audience. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we're, you know, doing, doing the jobs with like, um, you know, the, the, you know, the, like I was saying before, like the, these big rappers, like it was cool. Um, and like, I, you know, I think when we were putting paid advertising behind it and doing these things, like, you know, it, it would pop, you know, like, um, you know, people were paying attention, but, when we weren't, when we didn't have the paid dollars behind it or, you know, whatever it may be, like they, these, uh, you know, we were silent and nobody was engaging with us. Mm -hmm. And so I I felt like that was like, sort of like the real issue. And then also like when you work with these influencers, like we, we would, we would work with, with rappers that would like, we would literally do a shoot with them, come back. And on the way back from the shoot, we would see that they're like posing with Fago and they're like, Fago is the only, the only drink I care about. And oh, we just paid on. this person <laughs> like sick, like just like, just, just like so yeah. much money. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, you know, lots of money and they are, <laughs> and, but they're like on, you know, with, for free posting about this other drink. That yeah, is like <laughs> literally, like literally a, a rival, you know? Um, so it's like, what are we, re- what are we really doing here? Um, so, um, so my, you know, my whole thing at that time was more about being, you know, being always on and also, um, you know, just, um, just, just being authentic basically uh, because you know, the, the endorsements are cool, are, are cool, but unless you're Vince Staples and you're literally putting like Sprite in your lyrics and you're like, po- you're actually posting with Sprite like often like that, like that's a good endorsement from like a super rich out of here, famous person. Yeah. But you know, besides if, if it's not that, then you're really just paying this person. You're leasing, you're leasing this person. Um, and while they're going to go talk about a bunch of other stuff too. <laughs> yeah. um, so we, we got this, we got this brief um, at the end of 2018. Um, that's like, Hey, we want to talk about the Grammys. Um, and that, that was kind of it. Like, Hey, you know, like, Hey, we want to talk about the Grammys. That was actually like the second Grammys brief actually that now that I'm thinking about it, that's yeah. like played a, played a role in my career. But anyways, um, I was actually going to bring yeah. that up later, but but yeah, so it was like, Hey, we want to do the, you know, the, uh, something for the Grammys. Like it's bright. It's the Grammys. Like, 
duh. That, that was basically the brief. And like, yeah. while it is kind of a duh, it's like, why is it a duh? Why is, why is Sprite the black soda? Why is Sprite the, why is it a duh for Sprite to be, you know, talking about rappers on the Grammys? Why is that a duh? Yeah. So, um, you know, we, so we kind of had to hack the brief a little bit because we needed to figure out like what that real insight was. And, and, you know, that's, that's what any good creative team will do anyways. So, um, so um, we took that moment to say, Hey, there's been a lot of controversy around the Grammys lately. I can't remember if this was Grammys so white or the or the year that people were boycotting the Grammys or whatever. I can't remember if it was that year or the year after, but you know, there've been a lot of controversy like, you know, black people aren't put up for these major awards. And you know, they're put up for these um, you know, they, they only put us in our own little categories. Right. And even when they do that, sometimes Macklemore wins over Kendrick, which yeah. literally makes no sense. Yeah. Um, so, so even in our own little sandbox, they don't want to give us what we deserve. So us being, us having the access to the social data that, that shows us that, it shows us what the community is actually saying. Mm-hmm. And the community is saying like, yeah, I mean, the Grammys are cool, I guess. Like I'll watch them for the performances, I guess. You know what I mean? Like that, that, like that, that's sort of what our, like when, whenever I get a brief, I want to, I want to see what the people are saying about it. And so that's what the people are saying about it. That's what the community is saying about it. Like they're not as stoked on the Grammys as they just want to see their people finally get vindication and finally get the platform they deserve. That's what people want to see out of the Grammys. Yeah. So we took that insight and said, why don't we just use the Grammys as a moment to ask everyone who the artists they want to see are like who these people are and who needs a bigger platform because again that's what the insights were telling us they were telling us that they just want to see their people on the big stage so we're like who needs to be on that big stage Mm. and um what came from that was um essentially like twenty thousand responses (laughs) of people and this is like an organic this is like we shot this little video of saying like yo like we're starting this new thing because because like our intention was like we're gonna get all these people like we didn't know how many people would respond like we've done a good job at social so we know like we know that we would get a good amount of responses even organically Mm -hmm. but we, uh, you know, we, so we were like, we'll, we'll take that. We'll take some of these artists. We'll put them on a big Spotify playlist that will get a lot of attention because we're a big brand. Um, and that'll be that. <laughs> um, but what we got was actually 20,000 responses, um, to this, you know, uh, in, you know, Instagram, uh, between Instagram and Twitter, of people adding people with like fervor, like, like, yo, you have to listen to this person. Like, yo, this is Sprite. Like you, and then we had artists who were like, yo, this is Sprite. Y'all need to go to Sprite to, <laughs> like, and tag me right yeah. now. You know what I mean? So we, so we were like, whoa, like this is, this is wild. Like we, like this is, this is more than we could have expected. Um, and so what we learned is that we, so we we ended up getting the you know the artists and choosing 20 artists to put on this playlist that we ended up being able to take to um the first iteration we we were able to take people to the BET experience which is mm-hmm. around the BET awards and they get to you know we had somebody perform on like uh, on the stage right before Migos and Cardi B 
um, you know, we had people doing radio interviews out in LA and, and uh, for BET and, and, you know, doing, uh, you know, all these different performances around it and different things like that. And then, you know, we were able to, you know, do a podcast to put them on and, you know, uh, link up some of them with uh, Hot New Hip Hop and, you know, our different uh, partners. And so that's what, that's what came of that. But what we really saw that is sort of making this like more of a platform and more of a, um, brand ideology is that if we tell our community that we care that we care enough to ask them and then care enough to to actually give them some influence over the stuff that we're doing Mm -hmm. they're going to be listen and they're going to be engaged yeah so um so that's exactly what we saw so now that has kind of colored the way that we do things on social you know we've done the whole call and response uh cta thing uh, you know we we've done it a lot and that's increased not only our numbers but how in tune people are with um our content that we put on social um and and it, it also helped give fire to sprite's brand positioning which like you know everybody when when people think sprite they think obey your thirst um, but, you know, it was sort of like our job post like 2016 to make a new platform. And uh, that platform is all about, um, you know, uh, you know, putting you on essentially. So our brand behavior as Sprite, not just the social, but as Sprite is to put you on. So when you when you look at, um, you know, when, when you look at commercials uh, that we put out and the way that we launch product, it all has to do with reaching into our community and putting people on. So, um, so that, so that's, that was, that's a really big thing. And I, I think now that we're actually, we're, we're relevant to our community in a, in a, in a new way. They're not necessarily, it's not like they're, you know, seeing us on freaking TV every day, but we're actually a part of how they engage and behave uh, yeah. on, on social. So I think that's a really big thing. And that gives people an entirely new relationship with the brand and yeah appreciation for and you mentioned it er, er, earlier but it's like that's very not uh culture vulturing you know like that's yeah very exactly. much like hey you guys are underground like let's let's give you that um that access that space um you know that we have let's share that with you so um yeah exactly. one thing uh that i thought was really interesting and in going back to something you wrote on hyper creativity was that, you know, one of the things that sort of drives you um, is I think you called it like a giddy feeling um, when you, mm. when you achieve what you set out to do, when you're, when you're chasing that sort of next, um, that feeling of, I don't know how to explain it other than, I mean, I think giddy captures it, but that, that excitement, yeah. you know, <laughs> so like, yeah. when you guys were um, brainstorming, coming up with that idea, um, how'd you know, like, did you, did you feel it in your gut that it was a really good idea? Like what, what sort of gave it that stamp of approval in your mind? Yeah. So, um, two things. One, I just felt very, I felt, I felt like so strongly about it, like so strong. Mm-hmm. And like, as we, because, um, it, it, because like we came up with it from, from a ha- like purely a hack. So yeah. I think it was, it was one thing that I just like, you know, I, I feel good about like most things that I put in front of the client, like, like everything I put in front of the client, I feel good about, but there are some things that I'm like, this is big. And so I felt that it had, it had that potential. Um, 
And so that gave me the giddy feeling. And then what solidified that was how um, 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 uncomfortable it made everyone. When, I, when, I, when my ideas make people uncomfortable, I know that I've done it correctly. <laughs> yeah. um, and, so, and not uncomfortable in a way like, hey, I'm bringing up these valid concerns of why it won't work. Like uncomfortable, like my client, my, my client, well, even, even internally, even like, like account people and like, we're just like, what? Like, this is, what? What do you, what? How yeah. can, like, what, like, what do you even mean? Like, we're going to do what? And we're, we're just going to put it out there and not like, we're, we're, we're not going to like explain everything. Like we're, we're, we're just going to like ask people who they want to hear from and that's going to work. And that's when I was like, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> that, that, that's why. So yeah, I think it's just like putting people in those uncomfortable situ and situate, like I, I knew just by how uncomfortable people were with it, that it was a good idea. <laughs> and yeah. like my, my, my job, like to me, you, sh you shouldn't hire me if you don't want me to make you uncomfortable because like every idea I bring to you, I'm like, if you know every big idea I bring to you, it's 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 gonna like you're not gonna get it at first, and that's good. Like if you just get like if I bring you a, an idea and you just get it, and I get an immediate head nod, that means that it wasn't big enough. You know what I mean? That means yeah. that it was that, that it was expected. Yeah. But like if I have to do a little bit of fighting, or if I have to do a little bit of like, hey, well let me break this down for you ness which is which is good from a creative team if i'm a client i want my creative team to bring me things that I, I don't understand like or or even when i like my team like i i like my team like my art, art directors and, and and copywriters i want them to bring me things and like have me not understand them because like e like even when i'm like talking to like my little brother and sister who are like 20 and 21 and they're talking to me about stuff and i don't get it but i'm like but, and they have to explain it to me. I'm like, okay, that it's, it's that much cooler because, you know, it, it took me out of my comfort zone and what mm -hmm. I knew, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's getting people out of their comfort zone. I was like, that, that gets me giddy. And I like, I like <laughs> arguing. I like arguing for my ideas also. I'll, yeah. I'll argue all day. <laughs> well, I think, um, I think when you, when you make people uncomfortable with an idea, that means you're pushing. Um, yeah, so that's exactly. definitely a good thing. And I wanted to two more things, and then we'll uh, we'll sort of go into the last handful of questions. But yeah, um, you mentioned something earlier, and I just wanted to bring it up just in case somebody doesn't understand what you mean. You mentioned I think twice that you had to hack the brief. So oh um, yeah, yeah yeah what what does that mean? Yeah, so you know there there's a lot of briefs. You know if you work in agency world, like brief is just like you know it's 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 a word that gets thrown around a lot. Um, and depending on how your agency is structured, you might get three briefs for the same project. Um, so you might get it, you get a brief from the client um, and then <clears throat> you sit through that briefing um, and then you can get a brief also, also like a distilled brief from your strategist. So that's, that's how things work uh, at our company. So, you know, we'll sit in a briefing where Sprite is going to say, these are the marketing problems uh, and this is what we want to do with this. It's this big, you know, campaign, da, da, da. So, it, you know, it's a lot of the numbers and data and analytics and like heavy stuff, like yeah. dense stuff. Um, and then, you know, so we'll sit through that, but it's really then like, you know, that's having a, a, a good strategist is really important. And 
um, since working at Havas, I've been blessed to work with um, some really great strategists. Um, so they will take that and then make it make sense, make it make more, make it actionable. So, so that's the way I'll put it. Um, so they, they take all that dense information and they make it actionable so that I can then take that brief and say, okay, I get it. Like I need swim lanes. You know what I mean? So hyper creativity, it's a lot of like, Color, you know, uh, crazy coloring outside the line, zigzagging, like freaking like, I saw this 10 years ago, and I'm gonna bring it this with this thing I saw five years ago, with this dream I had, and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, try to put, but it's the strategist job. Um, well, it's not their only job. But you know, one of one of their jobs when it comes to the briefing process is providing those is providing those lanes that I can be crazy within. Mm-hmm. Um, so that so then I you know, that's sort of like the second part of the briefing process. And so, um, um, and, and then the, you know, the better that brief is, the, 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 the easier it is to just plug and play. And so, you know, like a really good brief is just like you read, is like you read one sentence, a killer insight, something like that. And you're off to the races. Like, oh, my mind is like, you know, it's spinning with all, all these crazy ideas. Yeah. When you have to hack the brief is like, I got a brief. It says, do something cool for the Grammys <laughs> in a month. And of course that's not all it says, but that's basically what yeah. it says. The gist of uh, it. So that's what I, that's what I mean by hacking a brief is um, like, or, you know, or, you know, the, so you were talking about the church's stuff. Um, you know, I got yeah, at the uh, agency as I was at previous to this, um, they were like, Hey, Kendrick name dropped church's chicken. And, um and a few songs and he's nominated for like 11 grammys isn't that great let's do something that was the brief so you so you got to hack it like you got to get into the code and like what do they mean by that what do you know like what like what is what does that really mean and then you know and then make something from that so i think the honestly all of the biggest projects that i've done have come from hacked briefs mm. Yeah. Okay. All of them. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. That, that makes sense. So, uh, last question on Sprite. So you, yeah. you get the brief, you hack the brief, you come up with the idea, you get the sign off on everything, you get 20,000 plus responses. Um, and you mentioned that the account people were a little like, what? Like, so how did you, um, how did you guys like measure, um, you know, the success of that? Cause I, I feel like they would have been, no, we need numbers. No, and I might just be. Oh yeah, no, but 20,000, 20, 20, bruh. Yeah, that <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> that'll do it. Uh, no, well, you know, I, th- I think you know one thing is it, it's just it's, it, you also have to be able to because you know I can shout and I have for sure at you know coworkers and people because you know you have you have in, you know have internal clients just as just as much as you have external clients. So yeah, you know I can argue my position all day. Um, but then, you know, luckily I'm the creative lead. So if this is what we want to put forward, then it's, it's going to go forward. So let's just make sure we put the, yeah. So let's, let's make sure we, it's going to go forward to the client, you know, not, you know, not necessarily go past them, but let's just make sure we put the, put the things in place, you know, to make, to make sure, um, you know, that it's successful. So, you know, when we, we basically, all we were shooting for was, was engagement, but, um, you know, so, you know, that, that 20,000 number, that, that was a big thing. That was, that, was a, that was a big thing. You know, we got, you know, so many responses, so many new followers. Um, so, you know, that, that was a big thing. Um, but also then you, you talk about metrics like, um, 
you know, the people who came and listened to the podcast, it were our exact, like, never do you get the exact, like, people who engage with you, like, you know, you, you might look at, like, Nike or, you know, uh, Coca-Cola or, you know, all these different brands and be like, oh, you know, it's probably a bunch of people like me who are engaging with that. No, it's usually older people who have time to be sitting on social media and things like that. We, you know, through through Sprightway and a lot of that engagement, um, we the people who came to our podcast were the exact target that we were going after, mm. and they were spending, you know, they they were spending time with with the with the content. But essentially, they were listening to the entire playlist that we had come up with from these creators that we had sourced purely through the community. Yeah. Like we were getting, like we were hitting all of our uh, numbers and people. And like for, for Sprite, you know, we're, we're able to help align, like we're, we're, we're able to align our social, uh, our actual social audience with our social target, which is very rare. And mm. that, that's something that you take for granted. Like, okay, cool. I want to go after 18 to 24 year old, uh, you know, uh, African-American and Hispanic people who are, you know, sort of like these are, you know, uh, you know, uh, trendsetters and, you know, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that that's actually who's engaging with your content when you put it out. <laughs> A lot of the times it's like, it's, it's moms, it's shopper moms, it's, it's people like that who are engaging with your content. We're able to actually align because of the, the work and the content that we put out, we're able to actually align that target with the people who are actually engaging with our content, which is huge. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, at the end of last year, you know, we found out that, um, Sprite had garnered the most, uh, uh, ROI for, um, any brand in the portfolio <laughs> when it, when it came to like, when it came to social content, I believe it was. So, um, and so that, you know, be the Coca-Cola portfolio is like some of the biggest, companies in the world yeah um so that's, those that's are the your, numbers that's your metric <laughs> <laughs> those are those are those are the numbers because yeah. that's not yeah i mean that's that's no that's nothing to like sneeze at you know um so yeah uh yeah. Those, those them's the numbers yeah so um i want to switch gears um and then we'll have like two questions stuff um yeah, yeah no worries so uh what are you know when you think about um, junior people coming in and you think about, you know, maybe where you were um, in some of your first agency jobs, what what would you say are some of the common mistakes that you see, you know, junior or even mid-level people making, you know, as you're editing or reviewing their work? Yeah. Not thinking big enough. Mm. Uh, the biggest thing I see, like not, not, th- not thinking big enough, like you need to, like you should make your whoever you're presenting the ideas to wish they came up with them themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so like not thinking big enough uh, is is definitely a mistake I see a lot of juniors make, as well as sort of like waiting to be asked to do something is another big thing um, that I you know in my in, at Jackson Spalding I had to learn that the hard way, and you know it's tough when you don't necessarily know. Um, you know, what, you know, like what to do exactly. Like, cause sometimes you do need structure and people to tell you like, Hey, work on this or do this. But, um, you know, it, you, you shouldn't be, especially when you get to, if you're a junior person wanting to move up to mid-level or if you're mid-level wanting to move up to senior, um, you, 
you have to really like own your own stuff man yeah. like you gotta you gotta own stuff like and don't don't let your role or title uh like titles to titles mean nothing. they don't mean anything like uh, the good ideas come from if it come from anywhere like you know don't don't think too small and don't wait to be asked to ideate on something or to make something or like you know the the most excited i get is when um you know, I had a, he, he wasn't, I think he was, he was mid-level. Um, but, uh, I, I had a guy, he, he was a freelancer and he was, he was working with us for literally like two weeks. And he was like, I, I needed a new deck design. And he was like, yo, I made the new deck, but it's, ver it's vertical. And like, I'm like, what? And he showed it to me. I was like, this is fire. Like, it is so <laughs> yeah. dope, dude. And I like went and I wrote an email. I was like, yo, this is our new deck template. This dude made it. And I made sure like all the, like the, you know, my boss and my boss's boss were on. I was like, this dude like just did this. Like I didn't ask for it. I like mentioned offhand that I needed this. Yeah. And he was like, yo, I made this vertical deck. And like, you know, most, most of the time when you're on Google slides or you're on whatever, you're making a presentation is, you know, 16, nine, like a TV yeah. or like a computer screen. But he was like, I made it vertical. And the fact that we're, we're a social agency, um, or sorry, we're not a purely social agency, but you know, we, we do mostly social work. Um, so yeah, why not make something that looks really great yeah. on a phone, you know, and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's just mad different. And, and, uh, yeah, you know, so just things like that, like don't ask or sorry, don't wait for anything. Hmm. Um, and then also, um, know, just know what you're good at and, and sell it. You have to like at, at agencies, especially you have to do a lot of like internal selling, like you have to let you have to let people know why they should want you on your uh, on this project. Like my thing is like, um, you know, I, I want everybody to want me to work on their projects. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think like the, the, the more you can know what you're good at um, and how you can package that up. Like I so like so basically, if anything, if anything, hip hop uh if anything hip-hop sports specifically soccer uh just black um or anything kind of in the street the, the like streetwear whatever realm comes up in our agency i'm on it i'm on the pitch i'm on the project i'm on the whatever mm. because i because i know that i know that i'm good at ideating around those things and i'm and i let it be known and I, you know, I like, yeah. I, I do work outside of the office about these things. I do work inside of the office about these things. I talk to people about these things. I, you know, make sure I strike up conversations and make sure people know what's going on in these worlds and things like that. So that when something comes across someone's desk, I'm getting pulled for it. And as a, as a junior, when you're trying to make a name for yourself, you're trying to um, you know, just, just get picked for things and, and do as much as you can. Like the more I can be like, yo, we just got pulled for like some soccer brief, like some soccer team wants us to do their social. Um, then I already know who I'm gonna go to this person, this person, that person, that person, because I know that they're into those things, or mm -hmm. I know that they're good at those things. So the more you're able to know what your brand is and know what you can own and be good at, it's like, it's, it's, it's off to the races from there. Yeah. No, I, I think that's amazing advice. Absolutely. Own what you're good at and make it known. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, before each episode of Pay It Forward, I ask, you know, uh, the guests what they're reading, challenge they're facing, yeah. something they're proud of, and uh, a piece of advice. So uh, first up, what are you reading right now? 
Um, yeah, so I'm the worst at reading books. I never, I, I have like every book that I have in my house is like halfway read. Um, but what, a book that I'm reading right now and I'm like so determined to get to the end of it because it's so good is uh, Culture Making uh, by, by Andy Crouch. Um, and so it's, it's, um, it's, it's kind of like a faith, faith-based book um, in, in a way, but it, it also does a really good job um, at, you know, at, at talking about uh, creativity and this concept of culture making. And, um, and the idea that Andy Crouch brings up in this book is that um, uh, make, uh, culture making is, um, it, like culture is what we make of the world. So anything from a sandwich to a chair to like the highway system is yeah. all culture that like, that's all culture. Um, and so how, and, and, and talking about how making culture expands what people think is possible. Mm. Um, so, you know, for me wanting to, um, exp- you know, expand, you know, horizons of the possible for, you know, my, you know all different audiences or different creators. Um, you know, it's, it's a really great book um, for, you know, talking about, you know, the history of creating culture um, and, you know, how that has made the world that we live in today. Um, and also like how, you know, how to responsibly do that. So, you know, they t- he talks about cultivating culture and keeping culture, which is also really important. Like you can't just go out there and make impactful culture unless you are first a keeper of that culture mm-hmm. and, and you, you know really in that um so yeah you know it's, it's defined a lot of ways i think about create you know creativity uh to you know i don't think that you have to be a you know visual uh you know uh creative person to be creative i think you know uh, my wife who's in it is incredibly creative um and, you know, she literally, you know, she works in spreadsheets all day, you know, so, but, you know, it's just, you know, as people, you know, create creativity and culture and these things we make are so much broader than just like a painting or a yeah. photograph. Yeah. I mean, it could be anything that reveals um, something about yourself or how you look at the world, I think. Um, yeah, exactly. So what's something uh, that's been a challenge for you lately? Um, yeah, I, I think, um, it's been a, a, a couple things like, you know, a, a lot of things like, you know, when it, when it comes to, um, uh, when it comes to like, um, like, uh, this hyper creativity thing and, you know, trying to figure out what to do with that and like, um, you know, what products I want to make to, you know, uh, that, that come out of that, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of like unchartered, uh, in, in a way. Um, like, you know, nobody's like, Hey, uh, you want to, you know, talk about this concept? Well, it can turn into this and that and that, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of having to figure out things as I go along and always battle with those, like, you know, being a perfectionist or what if it's not good enough or, um, Mm -hmm. what is this, you know, what, what if like, it's not actually useful to people and, you know, so, so that's, that's been a challenge that I've been trying to overcome. Um, but you know, the more people I talk to about it and, and community that I sort of engage with about it, you know, the more encouraged I am about that. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Sure. So, uh, on the flip side, what's something that you're really proud of? Um, I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's been, and 
talking about like authentic, you know, storytelling or authentic marketing or whatever, I've been able to, um, you know, put people on along the way, you know what I mean? Um, so because we're, we're reaching into these different, um, communities and, and telling, uh, stories about people that, you know, these audiences can see themselves in, um, I'm able to work with people who I know or, you know, who I, who I kind of know, um, and, or, or I don't know, but I sort of see from afar and I'm like, you know, I, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of, we're going to, we're going to put this person on in this, you know, and, and see, seeing where it takes them, you know what I mean? So, um, I just did a project, uh, pre pre COVID <laughs> earlier this year, um, with, uh, Black Arrow, this company that I work with, which is a lifestyle brand focused on the, uh, intersection of uh, black culture and soccer. Mm. Um, uh, and they struck a deal with the LA Galaxy um, to, you know, uh, to create uh, content around their, their new jersey launch. Um, and so, sorry, new, new kit launch. It sounds like I said new jersey. They're not launching anything <laughs> in new jersey. Uh, they're making new, new kits, new jerseys, new shirts. Um, so they, you know, they wanted to make that, they wanted to big that up in the black community. And so, um, I was actually able to, uh, you know, for, for, to, to model in the clothes, um, I was able to get, um, a kid that I met, um, shoot, uh, shooting in, in Compton four years ago for the church's project. Mm -hmm. Um, he's a, he's a skater who has, since we shot with him, uh, four years ago has gotten signed is professional. Um, and I was able to include him in this project four years later. Um, and it's, it's just crazy. And he's yeah. now like a bona fide like LA Galaxy ambassador and has been able to put on like, you know, he, you know, we just release some video content about it. And there's people like, yo, Hakeem, thanks for putting on the skate park and da da da. Um, and so, you know, that's that's been really cool just to be able to say like, you know, these these things that we're doing, they're able to really put people on and put them in like a, a power position. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Uh, it sounds like he has a pretty awesome life. Um, oh, yeah. No, he's killing it, man. He's killing yeah. it. Well, uh, you kind of mentioned this earlier, so let me know if it's the same answer. But, you know, what would be a piece of advice you would give to um, Black students who, you know, they're graduated, they're looking for jobs, um, you know, things are crazy right now. Um, you know, what would be a piece of advice that you would give to them? Yeah, I would say, um, so yeah, everything I said before, but also the, I mean, the biggest thing that has, you know, one of the biggest things that's helped me throughout my career, um, and just my personal growth is, is being amongst uh, community, man, creative, creative community, uh, finding like-minded people who are going to push you, uh, you know, the, the, old, the whole adage, like, you know, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room type of thing, mm -hmm. you know, just because that means you can't learn anything. I think the same thing goes for creativity. Like don't be the most creative person in the room, you know, always keep people around who you respect their hustle. Uh, you respect their viewpoint, the way they see things, the way they see the world, the way they communicate, you know, just different things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's always going to help you and vice versa. You're going to be able to help other people as well. Um, and uh yeah man you know i've I've totally seen that manifested in, in my work i would be I, you know i'm still like all all of my like photographer friends videographer friends are way better than me at at, at that um 
And, and I'm thankful for that because like, shoot, I'm going to hire them <laughs> when, when I need to, when I need to do a job, but it's also how I've gotten better at photography and how yeah. I've gotten better at videography and, and editing and things like that. Um, and then, you know, just, and su- such great can come from that, man. Like, um, I'm not sure if you saw the, uh, hella Juneteenth website, uh, the hella Juneteenth.com, but you know, obviously this is, this has been one of the biggest years, uh, of celebration of, uh, of Juneteenth. And, uh, you know, just across the country, across the world. And um, there was this initiative started by um, some some agency folks. But uh, it turns out it was really just like, you know, some people who some friends who had like regular, you know, community time to just like, you know, kick it. Um, and, you know, talk about, you know, what they're seeing right now. We're like, yo, we should do something for like Juneteenth um, and ended up launching this website that um, got like over like t- like 200 companies or something crazy to like sign and take a pledge that they would take uh, Juneteenth as a company-wide holiday. Mm. Um, and then also feature like black artists and photographers and um, it was just really dope. But it just started because, you know, these people had regular community with each other. And we're yeah. talking about like, what can we do for Juneteenth? Um, so I think community is one of the strongest um, drivers of creativity of just, you know, forward momentum, uh, that there is. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, where can people find you online? Uh, man, um, find me at created X Gavin, um, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, not really a big Twitter guy, but definitely Instagram created X Gavin. Um, or hit up my website, I guess, right? Yeah, gavin gidrycom Uh had to put the dash in there because somebody already owns my domain. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, find find me there. Look me up on Medium. Got some got some articles up there. Uh, but yeah, that's the yes. about it. Well, uh, that is a wrap for uh, for this episode of Pay It Forward. Then, um, so again, thank you so much for you know joining me. This has been an amazing interview. Um, you know, Thanks, man. I think Thanks all for the, me. of course, man, I think all the, the thoughts on hyper creativity, um, the work, your journey, I, I think is all is absolutely amazing. And, um, you know, I, I owe it all to a chance meeting, uh, last October yeah. or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, uh, anybody listening, please, um, you know, check out Gavin, uh, rate the podcast review, like subscribe, whatever. Um, and if you want to find more, uh, find out more about the podcast in general, hit up at pay it for podcast on social channels at pay it for or pay it for podcast.com. Um, and the forward is FWD peace. <laughs>